back to the Sisyphus 55 podcast. Today I'm joined by Amanda Mariana. Um, you might know of her YouTube channel. She covers a lot of topics on social media, um, trends, aesthetics, um, and uh, just general kind of social issues, cultural issues. I highly recommend checking out her channel. Um, and uh, maybe if you would like to introduce yourself and give a little bit of a background. Yeah, I, my name is Amanda from the YouTube channel Amanda Mariana. Um, I do a lot of like cultural commentary related to social media um, and things happening on like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you name it. Um, yeah, basically, that's a little bit about me. I'm live in New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess before we begin, I'm kind of wondering how you got into uh, like YouTube and specifically the the direction you took in, in discussing some of these topics because because it seems like you have like a very substantial educated background in discussing uh, kind of cultural issues. Yeah, I so I started my YouTube channel like in 2012 when I was like 12. Um, and I first started it as kind of like, uh, I, I was kind of like imitating like beauty gurus, OG beauty gurus at the time, mm-hmm. um, like making like outfit of the day videos and like get ready with me stuff like that. Um, so that's how I started my YouTube channel. And at first, um, my, my mom was pretty against it. She was like, you can't show your face on the internet. Like someone will kidnap <laughs> you. So, um, I kind of like made videos a little bit on and off, like throughout middle school and high school. But then I started, uh, being a lot more consistent with it. Um, when I, I started making this college related content. So when I was like a senior in high school, I really knew I was like, if I make a college decision reaction video I'm like that's it's gonna put me on the map <laughs> I'm sure of it. like I still like I had like less than a thousand subscribers and I had been doing my channel for like you know five years not that I was like trying to be a professional youtuber but I was just like I don't know everyone obviously wants attention when you're on the internet so I thought that'd be a really great video to like get views from um so I remember doing that and that did bring a lot more views to my channel and essentially kind of like shifted my uh, the direction of my channel to being like sort of a college YouTuber. And so I made a lot of videos like, um, oh, and I did my college decision reaction and I ended up, uh, choosing to go to NYU. Um, so, and that's like a super popular school in like, you know, (laughs) pop culture and everything. So it was Mm -hmm. like, and actually when I like really think about it, I mean, I almost like went to a different school. I went to like a state, I almost went to a state school, but I really, really wanted to go to NYU because obviously it's in New York City and that's like super cool and I always wanted to move to New York City but I was also like I was thinking and I was like you know the views are not going to be the same for like NYU vlog versus like my like state school vlog like it's not going to be the same views (laughs) um which is like right like absurd to kind of think Mm -hmm. about and it's like you know that's a really like absurd quote-unquote investment to make (laughs) in my youtube channel to choose like the most expensive school i could have possibly chosen to go to but um i don't know i somehow convinced i don't know it didn't even take that much convincing weirdly enough like i just was like i want to go here my parents are like okay you know sign off on these loans whatever (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i ended up going to nyu um and i was a film major um yeah, I wanted to be a film major because I just like, 
I don't know. I was never, I wasn't like a huge film geek in high school or anything, but I took a couple of film classes and I made a couple of short films um, and I really enjoyed it. And I was like this, honestly, like all the other subjects in school, like, you know, I could, you know, get A's in these classes, but I don't really find them that interesting. And like film was something that I was like, I feel like I haven't explored this a lot and something I could learn a lot more about. So that's why I wanted to study film. Um, So yeah, I was a film major in Tisch and I was doing like college vlogs um, and just stuff, all stuff related to NYU. Um, And that was really fun. I also like at the end of my freshman year, I got to be like in a Target commercial (laughs) because they were like, oh, we need like college bloggers and you'd be a good fit for this. And that was like really cool. And even at that time, I didn't have like in comparison that many subscribers to now. I think I had like maybe like 3000 subscribers or something. So it was really cool to get like some fun opportunities like that from being a college vlogger. And I was doing that into like sophomore year which was like 2019. And then in 2020, the pandemic hit and that totally, you know, changed everything. And I was kind of like, I did a couple of college vlogs, but I was like, I can't really be a college vlogger anymore because I'm honestly just sitting at home on Zoom. And this is just like such a boring thing to record. Like it's very hard to make this interesting. Mm -hmm. So yeah, then I kind of, you know, finished out that (laughs) uh, year of school and it was around the summertime. And then that's kind of when I was like, you know, let me just try to like do a different approach with this YouTube thing and, you know, see what happens. And I don't know, I just started making videos that were a little bit, they were not vlogs, they were like kind of more like scripted, I would say, like, of like, I actually like planned out exactly what was going to happen, as opposed to like, when I vlogged, I would just be like, turn on my camera and like, let life happen. And these videos Mm -hmm. are just kind of more like, here's what's going to happen. So like, like video essays, or... Actually, like yeah. not even not no. yet at this point. This was more like um, I'm going back to my <laughs> channel actually to see to tell you what I'm talking <laughs> about. Because okay, so I did like okay. Oh, like here's an example. Like I made like a Harry Styles lookbook. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, a planned out video, and then I did like this cottagecore um, aesthetic transformation, and that was like huge on like TikTok at the time, like cottagecore. And that got a lot of views. And I did like dark academia aesthetic transformation. I did like main character aesthetic transformation. So like these kind of like, you know, aesthetic things like we're kind of talking mm-hmm. about. Because um, those were like huge on TikTok at the time. And I was like, I I had fun interacting with those on TikTok. And I was like, I think this could be made into like something a little bit more, you know, uh, long form on YouTube. So I was doing stuff like that, um, but planning them out more. And then... Uh, I made this video called the quirky slash awkward black girl. And that video I just made, I don't know. I don't even remember like why exactly I made it. I think it was, I was just like, oh, you know, this is kind of a, uh, I guess like a, a trope, but it wasn't like really a trope. Cause I kind of Googled it and I was like, oh, there's not really any sort of literature or anything about this. Um, you know, I guess trope that I feel like I'm seeing about, um, this like black girl who's like, uh, I don't know, I guess sort of idiosyncratic in terms of the portrayal of how, you know, the typical stereotypes of how black women are portrayed in media. So I wanted to make a video about that. So I remember I was just like writing that and I wrote that down like in a notebook. I just like wrote it all down and like just recorded it basically on my like phone and found a bunch of like B-roll clips to put on it. And I it was weird because I wasn't even like I don't know. I didn't even really watch video essays at the time. So I didn't really like, I was just like, Oh, let me just like make this thing. And I thought it was like really fun and really cool. 
Um, so yeah, when I posted it, it was also really cool because uh, it was something totally different from my channel. And a lot of people I knew in real life were like, I love this video that you made. Um, and it ended up getting a lot more traction, of course, on YouTube. And so then that kind of shifted me to that realm of like making a, a like, you know, video essay, commentary, content, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, of like things that I sort of noticed in, you know, pop culture and media and social media. So that's kind of, you know, how I, I guess, got to this point. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's a pretty comprehensive uh, history you just gave us. And it looks like your channel's doing quite well. And um, you haven't been kidnapped uh, so far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And, and that is interesting when you bring up the university decision and how it kind of related to your own idea about how your YouTube career would do. And I, I think that, that actually plays a bit of a role into what I'd like to talk about today, which is about um, authenticity in social media and um, kind of how aesthetics play a role and also how people can kind of maybe become their profiles. And, mm-hmm. uh, but, but to kind of begin that discussion, um, I'm kind of wondering about your idea of what authenticity is and to maybe help uh, add some structure to this discussion. There is this famous work by Lionel Trilling, who is this like a U.S. literary critic, and he um, he talks about like sincerity and authenticity, and these are both kind of uh, ways to form one's identity. And sincerity would be something that would uh, kind of develop uh, one's identity in kind of the past few centuries where it's really tied to like your family role, um, like wherever you're born, uh, whoever you're born into, like whatever sort of class structure, you have a certain role and that role defines your identity. And he says that there's a shift from sincerity to um, this idea of authenticity that I think is, it's really popular. It's, it's in a lot of movies and books And it's this idea that you kind of become yourself or you discover yourself and you're not initially born into uh, a certain authentic role. You might be born into a sincere role, but you actually have to actively um, become kind of who you are. And Mm -hmm. uh, that idea of also staying true to oneself. um, I'm, I'm kind of wondering how you might define authenticity, especially in terms of uh, like, Nowadays, with social media, um, it might be a bit more of a blurry definition. But yeah, totally. I feel like uh, I feel like authenticity. Um, I think it's kind of just like I don't know. I feel like fully like embracing like who you are and presenting yourself like like, who you are, like, with, I don't know, I guess, like, as little, um, I guess, like, editing as possible. Um, I think that's kind of how I would define authenticity. But, yeah, it's, like, totally, um, I guess, like, outside, like, even just outside of the internet, like, if you're defining it, like, how do you be, like, authentic and in real life is, I don't know, I guess just, like, kind of, like, saying how you feel. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, I guess, like, I don't know. It's, I guess it's kind of a big question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's not an easy question. Cause even like the idea of saying how you feel 
um, there's the whole kind of device of anonymity on the internet where people can literally be who they are not, like present mm-hmm. themselves as completely different people, have different profile pictures. Um, but because they're anonymous, you could make the argument that they are really saying how they feel like they are mm-hmm. more, they're acting more authentically in a public space than they would uh, kind of actually presenting themselves as they are. And mm-hmm. so, so even then there's like already kind of a, this is kind of what I mean by maybe the internet kind of starts to blur the sort of traditional ideas of authenticity a little bit. Yeah, it's no, cause yeah, when you put it like that, I didn't really think about, <laughs> I guess like the ana- anonymity aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I obviously like, I think sometimes well, you know, in some contexts, anonymity can be used, like, you know, as in trolls and stuff, as mm-hmm. a way to, like, you know, spread hate and vitriol without any sort of filter to it. But I do think sometimes it can be a tool for people to be, you know, very vulnerable. Like, you know, when you see people, like, asking for, like, advice on Reddit, <laughs> like, they're, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, giving people, like, their whole, like, all these intimate details of their life and whatever <laughs> to, like, random ass strangers on the internet because they don't have their like face attached to it. So they're like, I can just fully, you know, express how I feel and not, you know, be judged by it. So I feel like there's definitely like two sides to that authenticity, anonymity coin. I think there's mm-hmm. like a good side to it and also like a, um, a negative side. Like there's a side for vulnerability and there's like a side for like, I think being like completely selfish in that like you won't have your face attached to whatever you say so that you don't consider how other people will feel. Mm, yeah, no, I do like the the example of Reddit because it is, it's probably one of the only spaces and it might not be like this for very long, but people aren't trying to, it's, it's not very monetized generally. I know you can buy mm. like profiles and stuff, but people are usually like posting things on there out of like, at the very most, they get like internet points for it, but they don't actually get any uh-huh. real, like like a monetary value. So it's 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 a bit more of an authentic space, I guess. But you're also right, like um, trolls and uh, kind of hateful people, uh, they can go online um, and they can express views that are hateful. But also, I do wonder, um, at least at least in my opinion, there's definitely like an ugly side to human nature and these people could also just be acting authentically it's just that maybe we tend to see authenticity as a purely like positive expression Mm. but but you know it could very well be that sometimes people are acting authentically and it's in a very anti-social way Mm -hmm. um i i I wonder what you think about that if 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 you see authenticity as as uh, it has to be something that's maybe positive and pro-social or it needs to or it doesn't really require that. Yeah, no, that's interesting because also when I think about it, um, I, I feel like the the idea of authenticity has kind of been like sort of, I guess, commodified. I don't even know, like probably not just like in the past, like whatever, two years or whatever, but like, I don't know, just in general, like I feel like, you know, when you think about like... <laughs> I don't know, like corporations and stuff, they're like, oh, you know, like bring your authentic self to work or like, you know, we love our employees to like be their self or whatever. Um, So I don't know. I feel like it has because it's become like sort of like a thing that has become commodified. Anything that is like 
can be commodified and make money, that's like inherently positive <laughs> in our mm-hmm. system, I feel like. So I guess if you're looking at it that way, like through if, if you're looking at it, if it's commodified, but I guess um, outside of that, is it like a inherently uh, virtuous thing to be um, authentic? Yeah, because then it's like, I don't know, because then if you like make someone feel bad with how you feel, then that's not like a, a great thing. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also I'm, I'm a little bit um, undecided if it's uh, I think if, if it's fully virtuous or not, I will say if I think of authenticity as just like making your intentions clear and known and not trying to um, hide anything, if it's about, if you like kind of equate authenticity to transparency, mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's almost always a positive thing though. Mm, that's interesting also because with the internet, there's, <clears throat> there's technically like a, a more transparency than ever. Um, because like we have like, a, and it's not necessarily a bad thing sometimes, but there is like the, uh, we, we tend to openly engage in like platforms that kind of harvest all of our data and all of our personal information. And, um, I wonder, I, I, I tend to not see the opinion, uh, surrounding this as it being like a virtuous act or that like, um, well, but also at the same time, when people make profiles where they're like really openly, openly being themselves and advertising themselves, it is like encouraged by like audiences usually. So it's, I don't know if the act itself is virtuous, but I think socially we tend to see it as virtuous. Like we tend to see transparency and honesty as like a good thing, but Mm -hmm. this might be one of the reasons why companies have been kind of permitted to like when you sign into a site and it says they're like tracking things like we don't really see it as a bad thing like we're 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 kind of taught to be like oh as long as i have nothing to hide and i'm like being myself then they there there's nothing wrong with this um just kind of like the ethics of of privacy maybe mm-hmm. is uh yeah i don't know if that was super clear but i haven't really thought of uh, about that yet yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I guess like, I mean, I mean, personally, I don't really, I don't know about like a lot of those tracking and privacy, whatever thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, cause I don't really like, you know, it sounds bad, but I'm like, I feel like I've never personally, like in terms of how it affects me, I've never been like, oh, I don't, I don't really care. Like what they do. Mm-hmm. Cause you're like, I'm like, yeah, I don't really have anything to hide, <laughs> but like, um, I, so I, I guess like, obviously on an individual scale I'm kind of like you know indifferent I guess Mm -hmm. um but yeah also because like when I see those things that pop up now like uh like you know accept this tracking or these like cookies or whatever I'm like before it didn't used to pop up like I think they had to like change the law or something Mm -hmm. like to like make you aware of that but I feel like even now like I always just click accept because I'm just like okay that's like the fastest way to x out of this thing so I can like go to the actual website that I'm just like Mm -hmm. trying to go to (laughs) you know 
So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really make me like think any more positively of companies. I'm like, oh, they're so thoughtful to ask me this. <laughs> but um, it's kind of, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm just like trained to like, I'm just trying to get to the destination as quick as possible. So I'm just going to click accept all this tracking stuff. <laughs> Okay, like it's more out of just kind of utility, just yeah. Okay, um, yeah, that makes sense. And and you mentioned uh, that authenticity has kind of been commodified, and mm-hmm. um, I think in one of your videos you talk about kind of how there's a whole aesthetic of authenticity. I think mm-hmm. in a few of your videos you've discussed this, yeah, um, where people like you know maybe first of all if if you could maybe describe what an aesthetic is, um, since this is probably one of the primary topics that you cover in your videos. Yeah. Uh, like the aesthetic generally, or just like the, the authenticity aesthetic, uh, aesthetic generally. Okay. Yeah. I mean, aesthetic, um, how I understand it, even though it's like, it, I guess like aesthetic, how we use it uh, now on the internet is a little bit of a misnomer because they're like, Oh, that's so aesthetic. Even though that like, it's so I think it's supposed to be like it's aesthetically pleasing, so it's like doesn't mm-hmm. really actually make sense, but that's how <laughs> we use it now. Um, but I guess it's just like a uh, a I honestly think of it as like a, a mood board of any given visual style. Like when I think of aesthetic, I just like think of like it can be like literally anything. It can be anything. It can be like a bunch of different images that fall under like one cohesive umbrella, which is like an aesthetic, like blank aesthetic, (laughs) if that makes any sense. That's like how I think of it. I can't even like, I feel like I can't like really come up with a dictionary definition of it. It's so like, especially in the internet age, just like so inherently visual, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, What do you think the pull of an aesthetic is? Like, why do you think people... Um, kind of celebrate and engage in different aesthetics. Um, I, I feel like it's. I think it's like satisfying to see a collection of images that are all like they're different, but they're not exactly the same thing. But they like look like they're from the same place or they look like they have the same sort of veneer on them. I think to like see like sort of a collage or a mosaic of things that are not exactly alike, but they still somehow go together. I think it's just like satisfying to uh, look at that, to have like this like visual harmony, but that it's not completely homogenous. So I think like within any aesthetic, there's like there's different things, but they still just like fall under, like I said, the same umbrella. So I feel like that's what makes it like really satisfying um, to look at. And then it's like, if you can sort of like fit an image of yourself under that umbrella, it feels like, I don't know, like really cool. Like I remember when I would like, I was like kind of in that 2014, like trying to be in that, you know, Tumblr sort of aesthetic era. Mm -hmm. Like if I took like a really cool picture and I'm like, oh my God, this looks like it could be on like a really cool Tumblr blog. Like it felt very (laughs) satisfying to me. Hmm. Yeah. That's, I've never heard of that definition of, uh, there's like kind of completely seemingly different components that wouldn't relate to each other, but because they have this like common reference point of like 
a goth aesthetic or a, uh, I don't know, preppy aesthetic that, that it kind of brings them all together. And then it also offers that space for you to engage in it and potentially like recreate it or, um, just, I don't know, be a part of it in some way. Um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I kind of wonder when it comes to the authenticity aesthetic, what is that, what is that kind of thing that's, uh, drawing in all of these, uh, seemingly different parts? Like, uh, I'm thinking of, um, when people just like, like on Snapchat, for example, or even like be real, like all the, all of these different pictures, there's like certain, you can take a picture of anything and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it might not necessarily fall under the uh, authenticity aesthetic, but it's kind of how the image is taken. It's mm-hmm. it's the fact that it's like spontaneous or maybe the lighting is poor or mm-hmm. the there's something almost kind of ugly in a very kind of banal way about the image. I kind of wonder, like, what do you think are the uh, traits of the authenticity aesthetic? Yeah, I think it's, totally like like you said um like it can be the like the image when you like see visual signifiers of a snapchat like when you have that like black text on it um uh i think that can be a signifier just like the how the be real framing is or even now like the like the 0.5 lens people you know love using that because there's sort of this like uh imperfectness about it it like makes you look like it makes your forehead look really big and your legs look really small or whatever (laughs) um (laughs) and and like you know film photos now I feel like that's another like uh signifier of like the authenticity aesthetic film photos even like digital photos right Mm -hmm. uh I think yeah all those all those types of I, I mean, I'm kind of describing like mediums because like you said, it could really be anything. But if you like put it in that medium, it totally changes. I feel like the I don't know, I guess like the I guess the context or even like the perceived intention of the picture. Like, for example, what I think about a lot is like think of a picture like that you took like with a like a digital camera, like or not digital camera, sorry, disposable camera. And then, like, think if if you took, like, the same exact thing in the same exact angle and position, if you did, like, portrait mode, like, that is, like, portrait mode versus, like, that digital or that disposable camera thing, Mm -hmm. like, that's, like, totally different vibe. It's, like, nobody, nobody, like, in, like, the Gen Z authenticity (laughs) Instagram aesthetic, nobody is posting a portrait mode picture. Like, that's giving, like, Facebook mom, dad, Mm -hmm. like, you know. So I feel like the medium of it, at least right now, matters a lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I think there's more and more, like, uh, on Instagram, like, very, either it's, like, I either see, like, extremely uh, well done, like, photographs, um, and they're like people that I went to school with. They like look like models, and they're doing like looks like Vogue cover level like uh, preparation that went into this photo. Um, or it's like very like it's especially popular where it's like eight or nine photos in like one post, and it's just mm-hmm. very kind of like mundane, funny. Um, you know, they'll be looks like they just woke up. Looks like they're mm-hmm. eating breakfast. Like. Um, 
and it's like kind of the collection of them kind of, it, it feels very positive going through that because it's like, it just feels very like authentic. Like it feels like, Oh, this is really like a, a personal insight into this person's life. And especially when celebrities do it, because that seems like something that's like inaccessible to us. And it's that like validation of maybe like, Oh, this person is lives like me. Um, <laughs> which is, I don't know, maybe that's kind of sad, but, uh, uh, but, and I, I guess I'm kind of wondering, like, those are like, like there is that feeling of authenticity, but the fact that they're still like taking photos and like they're preparing, um, these photos and there's like some thought put into it. Do you think that that kind of takes away from the authenticity in some way? Like, like it, they're not really authentic. They're like planned under the guise of authenticity. Mm. I I think like definitely sometimes it can and I think there's like also I think like with those sort of like you know photo dump like aesthetic type pictures that you see mm-hmm. um, that people post I feel I don't know I feel like also uh, or at least with the like celebrity ones for example like I like uh, I feel like there's when they do like the photo dumps it's like there's still, even though it feels relatable, there's still that like sort of twinge of, um, you know, aspirationalism, just like given how their surroundings look like mm-hmm. compared to maybe the average person like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is like something I just remembered because I'm looking at my light like there. I remember on TikTok, I saw this idea of like <laughs> poor people lighting, which is just like that, you know, sort of like ugly yellowish like boob light that like comes in whatever every standard house <laughs> oh <laughs> and, oh yeah like the and, like rich the people lighting right. which is like nice like white lighting that's like i don't know and like I, it like looks good basically <laughs> <laughs> um and it photographs better <laughs> but um but yeah so i feel like even though like people can have like these very pure um, intentions with like exactly when they're taking the picture and stuff to like, you know, they just want to capture this moment and it happens to be posted on social media later. I do feel like um, it's like those, your, your surroundings, like also kind of like play sort of an impact in the level of authenticity of it, if that makes sense. Because I'm like, I don't know, I feel like if, like, a celebrity takes, like, a, you know, average mirror selfie, like, in their bedroom, I know the lighting's way nicer, like, you could kind of sort of tell by, like, the mirror itself might be, like, a really nice mirror, like, you can kind of just, like, have these, all these little context clues that, like, indicate that, I don't know, this is, like, a pretty expensive room, and, like, (laughs) a Mm. lot of, I don't know, someone's effort was put towards acquiring these really nice things um as opposed to like if you take that mirror selfie like in your dimly lit dorm with that like two dollar target funhouse mirror that like I don't know I feel like it totally indicates like different things even though it could be like the same exact like pose and stuff it's I don't know I think I I think we might like applaud the celebrity for being like so brave (laughs) to show their authentic Mm -hmm. self or whatever. But I don't know if someone normal does that, it's truly unremarkable. And I don't know, sometimes maybe even like 
almost, yeah, just like unremarkable, just like not really, it's like you really thought you were doing with something with that because like you're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think it's maybe more just um, because I'm thinking of like Bordeaux and, and when he discusses taste and he sees it as like a, a political kind of a way to dictate cultural capital and kind of it leads to like the internalization of certain cultural values and it, so it keeps some people kind of that are incapable of cultivating cultivating certain objects of, of taste that's like defined by more elite classes it, it keeps them from uh, acquiring these things and they're, they're kind of always kind of put down i'm kind of wondering if if maybe instead of seeing it as like oh the celebrities are brave for doing this if it, maybe it's a little bit of uh, evidence of, of maybe lower class, lower classes dictating taste for once, because the, the celebrities, if if at least I've seen this online, if they like post sometimes when they post photos of like uh, just over the top like photos, like uh, or you know sometimes events like uh, maybe during the pandemic when the Kardashians had like crazy like parties and stuff, um, uh-huh. because of the internet and anybody can make comments, they get completely, uh, torn, uh, turned apart. Um, that maybe it's, it's now the, like the elite classes have to kind of bend a little bit and at least try to recreate this sort of like this, this, uh, kind of lower class taste, which is like the, uh, uh, authenticity aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, but they can't quite do that because, because like what you said, like their surroundings are still just so inaccessible to us. So even if it's like not as good lighting or, or like not as good of a medium being used to take like a photo of uh, a celebrity, like in their bedroom, you can still see that the bedroom itself is like, you know, millions of dollars and there's no way anybody could um, achieve that. Like, do you think it's maybe like thinking of it in that way might change? Uh, yeah. maybe seeing it as as maybe a bit more of a positive like see um oh yeah like like say basically saying that this authenticity aesthetic is like uh it's not being it's not like a top-down thing it's more like yeah I, I actually no I never thought about it like that um I yeah that's actually true I never thought about it like that and I mean it kind of reminds me of um like I mean, I guess the idea of, you know, celebrities cosplaying poor, like there was like this photo shoot like Kim Kardashian did, I think a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was like her and like Kanye and her kids, like in this, like what appeared to be like a sort of lower middle-class sparsely furnished house. <laughs> and it was like film photos. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there was like an, I don't know, people like, oh, let me turn it. Well, yeah. I think Kanye has also said, like, uh, in some interview that he kind of models a lot of, like, the Yeezy, like, sweaters and stuff off of, like, homeless people. Um, oh. Yeah, like, the aesthetics <laughs> of homelessness, so. Oh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's. Yeah. Well, yeah. that makes sense then. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I, wait, now I'm like, wait, what was the question? <laughs> Oh, uh, do you think it's more of kind of like a bottom up, like uh, how the aesthetic of authenticity has kind of arrived? Do you think it's more of like a bottom mm-hmm. up process and it's seeing celebrities kind of fail at trying to adapt to that because they can't they can't be entirely authentic? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I think 
I mean, possibly. I'm like, I don't know. I'm like kind of trying to, I, yeah. I think that could definitely, yeah, I think that could definitely be some of it, especially with like celebrities participating in like, you know, photo dumps. I'm like, that totally, I don't know who that really originated with, like making that kind of like a trendy thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, It it definitely didn't start with celebrities, I don't think, because they kind of like started doing that, like like, after they became a thing. Um, But I do think um, sometimes when I, when I like, when I think about that, like, uh, I guess the top to bottom thing, like aspirationalism to like actual, like, you know, people in uh, like more average, like social class thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like some times like people like influencers who are like, sort of like, they're not like really a celebrity, but they have still a, a little bit more aspirational life and surroundings than the average person. I feel like that can definitely kind of be um, a sort of, I don't know, I guess like an influence on this uh, sort of like a, like aesthetic and sort of like popularizing, like, I don't know, the idea of like effortlessness and stuff. I feel like that they also kind of maybe play a little bit of a role um, in that. Oh, how, how so? Like, how do you think the, like, uh, in comparison to, like, because I guess they'd be, like, the middleman, like, in comparison yeah, like, to the celebrities and the, like, yeah. non-influencers? Yeah, I feel like, because, like, I guess they're, because, like, influencers are, like, short of, like, the relatable kind of version of a celebrity um because like they still have a platform and stuff but it's just like a little bit more attainable to the average person like they're a little bit more um accessible Mm -hmm. to the average person so I don't know I feel like there's and also because when I think about at at least uh, like lifestyle influencers particularly um a lot of them are popular because like you know what they have like a nice personality and they seem like a cool person to hang around and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I feel like, cause there's definitely like key aspects of their life that like feel a little bit more, you know, aspirational to the average person, whether it's like they have like a relatively nice apartment or they can like afford to live in a nice major city or like buy a lot of cute new clothes and stuff. I feel um, like that, Wait, now what am I? I'm I'm going on it completely. I'm like, what am like, I even like saying? Maybe that, <laughs> like, uh, that they might have uh, material conditions that gave them a a higher chance of uh, entering the like the influencer space than like uh, other other people. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's like because they're also still they're but they're still perceived as like much more authentic than normal celebrities but I feel like only in retrospect do people sort of or at least maybe now when people have just become a little bit more aware of this stuff do people sort of realize that's like oh I liked them because they like had a great personality but also because like their life sort of looks like this and my life doesn't look like this it wasn't just fully built off authenticity there was still an aspect of like this is like really cool to watch because I don't have this Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's probably a bit more appealing. Like I know, like, when when 
people my age around me talk about celebrities, it's almost like they're like deities or like gods where it's just like this they're there. And it's almost like ironic. It's like over the top. Whereas when they, I feel like most of the media that both I engage in and my friends engage in is actually more influencer based. Like I feel like I'm consuming more content that's like influencers compared to celebrities, even though maybe mm. the, the border of that's like a little bit blurry, but, um, and maybe, maybe that is because there's a bit more of like an appeal to authenticity that we kind of crave or uh, maybe an appeal to like the aesthetic of authenticity that maybe celebrities can't quite uh, master. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's true. And uh, going, going off of like a, like authenticity uh, I recently talked to, he was a philosophy professor at university of Macau. He also has a YouTube channel, carefree wandering Hans Jörg Muller. And he talks about this a lot. He also talks about sincerity and authenticity and how people form identities online. And he says that there's kind of a third new way of uh, creating someone's identity or creating your identity. And it's through profiles and he calls it profilicity. And mm-hmm. it was when you, you told me about the, the New York university decision, I thought that that was very relevant because his whole argument is that we don't actually care about authenticity um, anymore. Like we might, we might be drawn to it, but a lot of our behavior and actions are actually based on um, constructing and propagating our profile and Mm. our profiles aren't necessarily, they don't necessarily need to be authentic. And, and it it was, it's interesting like that you bring up like a, a a potentially uh, life changing decision um, uh, going to like choosing a university and how your, um, and this is probably reducing the situation. This is probably not the only factor uh, that led to it. Um, But, but, it seems like a decent amount of emphasis was placed on um, will this life decision impact my profile uh, mm-hmm. versus will this life decision impact my uh, idea of who I am. Um, and his whole argument is that, is that that's basically been the case for a couple decades now is that is especially with online media that, that we really are just overtly concerned with profiles. And he doesn't think this is entirely a bad thing. I, mm-hmm. I kind of wonder what you think of that yeah i think that's yeah it's super interesting and also yeah i i I mean even though it does sound you know so obviously simplified to say i chose to go to a certain university because it will like look better on my (laughs) youtube channel like obviously there's like uh you know other indicators and stuff and i also just also ignorance i would say too because i was like not aware of how student loans work (laughs) you know the cost of all that but i I quickly learned um (laughs) but um yeah i think it's it is really interesting and i and i also still think about that even now like i i live in new york and i always wanted to live in new york especially because I used to watch a lot of shows that were like based in New York city and always kind of romanticized it from those. Mm -hmm. And I also think about it and I'm like, I mean, I honestly don't have a strong desire to move anywhere else, but even though it would be, you know, obviously nice to maybe live somewhere with the lower cost of living and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, I just feel like I wouldn't like have the same 
I don't know, even though not that like my whole internet personality is necessarily based on living in New York or anything at the moment, like I, I just like can't, like it's so a part of, I think, of my profile uh, that I can't, at least at the moment, kind of imagine like maybe going to somewhere else. Um, but also, yeah, I think this is, and this is an interesting aside with deciding to go to NYU. Mm-hmm. It, it's really funny because I had to take out a lot of student loans to go here. And I only sort of realized that like about halfway through college, like the uh, amount of student loans I was taking out and like the interest and stuff on them. And mm-hmm. then I was like, oh my God, this is really bad. Um, but it's really funny because I was actually like able to pay off my student loans before I graduated college solely because of my YouTube channel started gaining traction and making money off of that. So I was like, that's really funny that I chose my college sort of based on like what I wanted my YouTube channel <laughs> to do and like, you know, gotten all this debt, but I was able to pay it off because of my YouTube channel. <laughs> And not specifically, it's not even actually specifically the NYU videos, because that's not really got what got me a lot of my subscribers. But I'm like, I don't know. I think everything it's like, but what I have gotten to that point, if I didn't go to this school and whatever, it's like everything that happens before a certain moment, like had to happen to get to that moment. Mm-hmm. So I think that's like a pretty <laughs> funny, um, I guess, a side, side mention of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's good to hear. Um <laughs> I, I'm Canadian and you know, we like I had to take out some student loans, but like my American friends, I I couldn't even imagine the the cost of uh education there. It's it's it is it sounds crazy sometimes. I, I genuinely get kind of like a I I can't believe it. Um especially okay. in New York because the cost of living is uh on top of the tuition, I'm guessing was pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah no, it's crazy. It's I, I don't even yeah, it's it is actually mind-boggling to think about. <laughs> um, and and yeah, and so so you would kind of it, it sounds like you don't have too many regrets, and this is well kind of kind of going with the idea that you chose it sort of like the going to university at NYU more as like a profile motivation than maybe an authenticity motivation, um, and this is like what he was kind of getting at and he also believes that authenticity in itself at least from what i understood he doesn't really believe it can be achieved in any meaningful way and this is why he thinks profilicity is a bit more useful because it kind of shakes up the idea of like the self and everything and uh he is quite interested in taoism and there's this concept of genuine pretending where people um and, and Taoism, just as an aside, it's like a, they're very, they're a lot more like a loose with the idea of the self and having like a core identity and the idea that you have to be true to yourself. That is kind of not really a concept um, from what I understand. Um, but this is why, so this practice of genuine pretending in Taoism is uh, seen as quite positive. It's where you fully and sincerely engage in a certain identity or practice um, all the while knowing that it's, it's false and it's, it's transient. And I'm kind of wondering on that note um, because we've been talking about aesthetics and uh, is, is this kind of like a, a authenticity aesthetic? Is this kind of like a sort of genuine pretending of 
authenticity and maybe aesthetics in general, are they kind of a, a way to engage in um, this sort of genuine pretending? Um, because it seems like people are aware when they engage in these spaces um, that there is this sort of like a, they still have to, they still have to consciously do things that wouldn't really be authentic. They wouldn't really be natural in order to create the image or the aesthetic of something that's natural and authentic. Like it's very kind of paradoxical. I'm kind of wondering if you think this sort of genuine pretending kind of fits into that. Yeah. I think that's totally real, especially with people who are just like, you know, if you're just like a self-aware person and posting on social media, it's like, I mean, you're maybe not like thinking about this every time you go to post, but if you like just really like sit back and think about the sort of big picture of it, it totally, I think that totally falls into what you're saying about genuine pretending. And even I was like, uh, I remember before I made that be real video, I was like at a friend's birthday party and it was really funny because like two people there had um, film cameras and that, and, or not film cameras, sorry, I keep on saying the wrong thing, digital cameras, like those early 2000s digital cameras, like two people there had digital cameras, but then there was also like a setup with like a ring light where you could put your phone and like do selfies. And then there was like people <laughs> taking pictures of people doing the selfies with like the digital cameras. And I was kind of just like watching all of it. And I was like, and like people like, you know, taking, you know, 15 you know, million pictures. Cause like, that's just what you do when you have like that amount of digital space, you can just like keep on taking pictures. Um, and I don't know, I was kind of just like, like looking at that and it's like, I don't know, people, I, I guess like people are in the moment in their own way. Right. Like, even though it looks so, if you look at it through a certain lens, it can look so absurd to like see people taking a bunch of selfies and then see someone taking digital pictures of those people taking selfies. And then like that digital Mm -hmm. camera picture is going to go to Instagram and it has this sort of veneer of spontaneity and authenticity because of like the digital camera look. And because like you caught them in a specific moment where they're not looking at you, they're looking at a different camera. Um, And so it, so it can look very spontaneous and authentic and it might, all those layers like seem calculated to a degree, but it's like, also I was the one looking at them doing all that. Those were the people completely in the moment. I was the one who was kind of like zooming out and thinking outside of this particular moment. So I think like you were saying that genuine pretending, I think, you know, people can Mm -hmm. themselves in that and completely enjoy it. And, and like, I have friends who are so, they love taking, you know, candid pictures. Like they're always like having their camera out and take, and they're like, oh wait, you look good here. Like, let me take a picture of that. Or they're just like sneaking pictures of that. And even though I can perceive that as like, you're not living in the moment or whatever. I don't know. I think some people to a degree, like that's just like how they operate. <laughs> and that's like, that to them is like, you know, it's gotten to the point where that is sort of living in the moment. And to me, I haven't really gotten to that point. So Um, but at the same time, it's like, it's not, it's, yeah, it's not coming from any sort of, I feel like sinister intentions. They're just like, oh, this looks really cool. And I want to take a picture of it, um, right now. So it's like, I think that is sort of genuine pretending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that, that definitely makes sense. I guess, I guess on that note, and cause we've already talked for almost an hour, 
I'm kind of curious uh, what your thoughts are on how young people should kind of engage with social media and interact with social media. Are there certain things with like aesthetics and um, trying to be authentic and following influencers that are demonstrating themselves as authentic? If there's maybe some things people should keep in mind when they're online. Yeah, I think that like, I think um, how to go about like navigating authenticity online. I mean, I think I think like one of the r- rules of navigating authenticity, if you want to follow beyond authentic, don't like face tune yourself. Don't like <laughs> edit your body to be changed into a shape that it's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, whatever. Use Visco, like use filters. I use that. <laughs> but I feel like that's one thing that you definitely like don't really need to do because that doesn't really help your psyche or anyone else's. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think just also of course realizing you know people's you know photo dumps and stories and whatever it's all you know obviously to a degree curated and Mm -hmm. it doesn't you know you can never get a full scope of the story I think that's like really important and then also I think another thing is that when you are posting, I feel like it's important to, like, I guess, I mean, this sounds, like, so, like, deep or whatever, like, ask yourself why you're posting this. And I mean that by, like, I don't know, I guess, like, I mean those things that are, like, sort of, when you're, like, posting, like, sort of intimate things, sort of, like, those Finsta-type posts, like, ask yourself why you're posting it. Because I used to have a Finsta. I don't have one anymore, actually. Um, but I used to have a Finsta, but I have the close friends stories now. And sometimes I'll post things on there. Um, but they're all generally things that are like, I guess like lighthearted, positive things, but sometimes people like (laughs) use their, you know, their Instagram, like, um, their like private Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or whatever to sort of vent and stuff. And I actually think it's like much, it's much more satisfying to vent to an actual person and not to like a list of people essentially. Mm -hmm. So I think that's another good thing to remember about social media that like, I don't know, there's actual like people that you can like directly contact Mm -hmm. and send things to like, not everything necessarily needs to be a post to a void of people or even to a certain um, list of people. And I don't know, I think that's like, it's more satisfying to like, for example, like, I don't know, (laughs) I like if I make like a really good food thing, like I love taking pictures after I like make a recipe, Mm -hmm. I'll send it to like five different friends. But I'm like, yeah, I didn't need to post that on my story. I just like actually it's much more satisfying to send it like individually to five people who I thought of who I thought would like appreciate this thing. So like, I don't know. I think that's also a good thing to keep in mind that there's still like direct means of communication. Not everything has to be a one to many um, communication communication. type of mode so yeah yeah no i think that's really good practical advice on uh, managing social media um well thanks for coming on the podcast um you can check out amanda's youtube channel amanda mariana i'll put the link in the description um yeah thanks for coming on yeah thank you for having me